Welcome to the podcast. I'm sick. This is the pitch podcast. Hi, the- sick. I'm dead. Welcome to the show, dad. Um, God, you're back. I'm back from my rock. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Uh, this week, we wrote the song Leaving Town. Yes. Week 22. Week 22. Mm-hmm. Uh... It's to, it, like the, now that we're in the twenties, it's actually it just like keeps blowing my mind. Every time we <laughs> yeah. say it, it's like week twenty one, week twenty two. It's yeah. like whew, twenty. How high are the these song. numbers going to go? <laughs> quite high, <laughs> quite a lot higher. We're not, oh, yeah, not even halfway there. Um, Good lord, leaving town, leaving town, leaving town. Absolutely, this one. You know, it's a song. <laughs> I don't it's know if a song to that say. we wrote. No, this this one's more than just a song. Okay. No, it's not. It, this is just <laughs> a song. <laughs> this is just a song. Um, but this this one it's it's kind of uh, alternative. It's kind of rocky. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like got, surf rocky. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. A little bit like that that beachy uplifting summer vibes because it's yep. freezing cold in winter here. Exactly. So we've timed it perfectly. Absolutely. Um, but no, that means that over in the States, it's ideal, right? True. Sure. And in, in the, the Middle other East. Ha- in the other half of the world, yeah. it's pretty bussing for this kind of music, yeah. for, some, for some beachy summertime stuff. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, it's kind of cold here. We can't really do beachy summer vibes. But I feel like it would fit a road trip. Yeah, it's you're, good. Because we're warm, you're leaving town. We're leaving it's town uplifting sounding. But then you pay more attention to the lyrics. Yeah. And you're like, oh. That's kind of like a, that's a vibe that we like, though. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that is definitely a vibe that we that we go for quite a bit, which yeah. is having that like uplifting sounding thing. Yeah, people describe it as hopeful quite frequently. Mm. It's like hopeful sounding uh, chord progressions and music mm-hmm. paired with depressing lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good time. This this is other people's description of our music, not ours. Have I've, most of our songs been in like a major key? No, I've done a lot of them in like minor keys and stuff. Okay. Although I think that it's just like my choice of chords that I go for. Right. Okay. And like sometimes I'll throw like accidentals and certain right. things and that kind of creative vibe in the music. But yeah. at the same time, when I'm when I'm like kind of trying to create these vibes, I'm not like I don't know much about the the because there's like there's a charts that you can find that'll have every scale and talk about what vibe they create, mm. what kind of energy they put forth. Because mm-hmm. different scales and different frequencies kind of give different emotions, mm-hmm. which is kind of whack to think about. But you have like, uh, for example, I don't know if this is true, but G, uh, G diminished seven might give like a dark foreboding mm-hmm. energy, uh, mm-hmm. but having something played in... G major seven gives a more like a, a light, uh, f- like a fantasy feeling or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. playing, playing in like uh, c- certain Arabic scales. Mm-hmm. The, uh, we always talk about, cause I, I, I use a lot of, um, I'm influenced quite a bit by like Arabic style uh, scales and so mm-hmm. forth. I, I find that they just sound really interesting and cool because of all of the little, uh, like one semitone interval 
and uh, within them, mm-hmm. uh, and because of that, uh, I've <laughs> noticed that a lot of people are, like make jokes about them. Uh, the the scales sounding like uh, like a sand, uh, like a desert level in a video mm. game. They're like, oh, it sounds like we've just entered the desert realm. Interesting, um, and it's like. It's probably because of the 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 uh, I guess just the fact that it's often associated with that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, I, it's so. I'm so curious even, about that kind of like the association. It's hard to tell sometimes. You know, it's like a chicken egg kind of thing. Where mm. you're like, oh, like is this sound? Do I associate this sound with water because this is the kind of music that always plays in water levels in video games? Yeah. Or has the sound always been kind of watery, which is why it's used? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of like that with scales, I think. Because it's like, I don't know. I feel like love songs are often written in like certain keys. Maybe yeah. I'm just tripping, dog. I might be tripping. No, I but think you're I know, right. I know that there is something where it's like certain scales or like major, minor, Lydian, yeah. Phrygian, all of that create different uh, like emotions and yeah. moods. And you can kind of tailor what you're writing to a specific mood by mm. hand selecting your key kind mm-hmm. of thing which I feel like just because of the fact that I don't fully understand that side of it mm. when I go into making music I just kind of go with what sounds good to me Yeah, and a lot of times I guess I just choose stuff that sounds hopeful in a sense yeah. or stuff that sounds like aggressive Yeah, that's another thing that's one way that I kind of take stuff as well as like aggressive but and then hopeful as well mm. which is kind of do you think that's yeah. based on like inf- like influences because you know when you think of like aggressive music obviously some of the pioneering like niches in electronic music could be described ex- exactly you know like dubstep and stuff yeah. is extremely aggressive oh yeah and so and I definitely find myself writing in keys that are frequently used in dubstep, especially yeah. when I'm making my like trap and stuff. Writing yeah. in like F minor, mm. that's like that's like key dubstep right there. F was like considered the like the the golden note for like ages. That's like the <laughs> the ultimate bass frequency. But then people right. figured out that well, actually also. E and D sharp are pretty good, yeah. But they're all just real close together on yeah. the on the keyboard. So it's like you have three like starting points that you can play around with. Mm-hmm. But then um, I do try and play around with like the other notes that are in the scale and like see what I can make out of it. Mm-hmm. I end up stumbling across like accidentally playing. Uh, there was a song that I made with Insomnia, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of messing around with chords, and I started off with. I think it was like G sharp or something and then just messed around with the notes and didn't really pay much attention to the actual theory behind it. And then when I went into waves tune to like auto tune our vocals, mm-hmm. um, I was just like having to scroll through and find what scale matched the mm-hmm. notes that I had. Right. And I ended up finding it was like G, uh, G Lorian or some, some or G Lydian. <laughs> right. And then, the, uh, the other thing was that the scale that we were doing it and didn't have a B in it, mm-hmm. 
but uh, Samya had done like a chord progression where she had done followed the same key as me, but then she had also there was an accidental B which created this like really cool vibe, right. and I really liked it. And so we ended up kind of just like accidentally writing in like G uh, G Lydian, and then there was like a, a accidental B, but it was only on a descending chord progression. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it gets real confusing when you think about it technically. Yeah. And when you're like analyzing the music itself, but in the creation, we're just like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Bro, the moment you start like technically analyzing music, it just becomes a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like the idea, you know, like even, even like real simple shit, like melodic scales. Yeah. You're like, oh, sweet. This is easy to work out. Like the seventh, the sixth and seventh notes, fucking they go up a semitone. Sweet, I got it. Easy. And but then on the way down, it is not that. <laughs> What's the difference? You're just like, moving in another direction. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like because I was like playing around with it uh, the other day. I found like I was playing some notes, and I noticed that if I played uh, like a D. And then moved down to uh, it was sorry if I played the D sharp mm-hmm. and then the C sharp and moved down to the C from the C sharp, mm-hmm. it sounded nice in the melody that I was writing and mm-hmm. sounded like it fit the progression in the scale. Mm-hmm. But if I put a C in anywhere else, it sounded freaking awful. Even if it was in like the same place but with a different like note before it. Interesting. So it's almost like just like thinking about like how the line is moving around mm. I guess when you have like your melody line if you've ever like has thought of that concept I'm more talking to other people because mm. I'm sure you have yeah. where you have like the line is the pitch of the melody and so it goes up when you're going up on the piano keys and down and so forth and so you're like I don't know. I don't yeah. understand how it works, but for some reason it does. And it's yeah. like, oh, this just kind of sounds good like this, but only in this very specific situation. Yeah. Um, some probably just something to do with like how the frequencies resonate. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it is like physics, weird. Literally. Yeah. Just like, like weird sound shit. It's, oh, I oh, I love playing ukulele. I can't wait to learn music. Yeah, and then you look anything up, and it's like the frequency uh, that travels through the those modulates, and uh, and you're drawing fucking sine waves and shit. And you're like, oh god, this is math. Yeah, you've tri- you ukulele teacher, you tricked me into doing math. I know it's crazy because it's like I hate math, and I like I dropped math as soon as I could in mm-hmm. high school. But as soon as it was applied in like a musical wow. context, and like same with physics, I hated physics in high school. Yeah, but as soon as it was applied in like a in like a in a musical context, and then like same with music production, hated the idea of electronics, and never could wrap my head around any of the little, mm, little pictures yeah. and things. Now I understand them because I've learned about synthesizers. Yeah. And when we were learning about synthesizers, we had to look at literal like component pictures mm. and like understand how the different uh, component modules on the synthesizer like interact with each other mm. and the signal flows through it. And it's like. Oh shit. Okay. So now I'm learning <laughs> physics and electronics. But and it's math. music yeah. and math, but it's music and because it's music I love it. Yeah, who would have th- who would have thought who possibly would have thought that learning in context is actually really easy and exciting, mm. but sitting down and rote learning things off a whiteboard isn't super effective. You know, it's who crazy thought that? as well. I uh, I mean 
context class in year nine. Do yeah. you remember? Because I, I did. Well, you weren't in the. I'm sorry, you weren't in the contextual studies I was not class. In contextual class. Um, but yeah, literally, my first year of high school was epic because it was we were learning shit in context. It, yeah. Like it made sense, but the way that they did it wasn't necessarily the the coolest way. Because yeah, like we went to say. Yeah. we went to the airport and learned maths by like calculating the stock market yeah. stuff and the exchange rates, and it was yeah. like still pretty boring. And we were like in a classroom at the airport. Yeah, like, exactly. It wasn't completely like contextual, but yeah. it was way better than trying to do it in a classroom mm-hmm. out of a textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, it's like that's that. like that's the issue all around. Like there's there's a standardized way to teach. So even when you know they try to do crazy stuff, oh let's put the students in a different classroom on a field trip. Let's take them somewhere. They're still using the same framework of like here rote memory, rote memory, rote memory. You know, it's just. But that's not an issue with the teachers or even sometimes necessarily the schools because mm. you know as you said it's like they were trying something by yeah. doing like a contextual class it's more of an issue with like the curriculum mm. um, because obviously they don't want to take a class of students to the airport actually do like some really great learning like in context in the airport or somewhere cool like that yeah. but then all the students flunk their year 10 you know, tests because because of that because yeah. they were busy on the runway, fucking you know, learning about all this bullshit, and then they sit down in the test, and the test has some weird, uh, weird question that they're never going to use again in their life. No, straight up, exactly. And it's like, yeah, because of that, it kind of holds back. Because, like, yeah, this this is the thing. If they had continued like the contextual. Studies. Mm. If there was a class that was a contextual studies class that you could be in throughout the entirety of high school, mm. they'd have the opportunity to be able to actually try that with a round of students. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It, like you're saying, that kind of like held back by the fact that it's just one year. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Silly, silly. Anyways, how did we get so off? Here's topic? an idea, right? One more thing before <laughs> okay, we go. Okay, talk. let's go. Wouldn't it be interesting? Because you know how schools are kind of like shitty and. They're, I guess, underfunded, and so they have to like ask for donations in you know, most public schools. Wouldn't it be interesting to have like a money management slash investing class, right? Where, and this is at like a high level, you know, like year twelve and thirteen, say, yeah. where you teach kids like investing principles with the resource money. You know, instead of buying like stationary ink or whatever the fuck, teach kids investing principles or like money management principles with like the resource money and their school donation. Yeah. And then when the kids follow the advice and make a profit on top of that, the school takes a cut and that becomes their school donation. Does that not work? Am I missing something obvious there? I feel like that would be a good way for the schools to make a bit of money. Well, they're asking for donations, so surely they need to, right? And it's like, surely, like two birds, one stone, teach, teach kids teach how to important invest. Things. Like, yes, you have to pay your taxes every year. Here's yeah. how you do it. Here's somewhere you can put your money that isn't a bank where it's going to lose its value. Yeah. And then the school makes money 
Like, I don't know, I just thought of that, but like, <laughs> wait, 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 what? Why haven't we done that? I don't know. This is a, actually a good idea. I feel like we should right. talk about this and make <laughs> we'll some, write some we should write some emails. Um, but well, in the meantime, though. Yeah. So we're talking about money, talking about money, talking about learning. Um, that's what some of my lyrics in this song touch on. Yes. Because they reference four very famous uh, personal development books um, in, in the start of my verse. Yes. I um, definitely knew that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just trying I to read think books. and grow rich. Oh. Thought like poor dad. I did actually get the poor dad reference. Yeah, so we're, we're thinking grow rich, uh, poor dad, rich dad. Uh, it's actually rich dad, poor rich dad. Rich dad, poor dad, sorry. <laughs> Wrong way Shit. around, man. <laughs> Is it I too know, late I to delete the song? Him. Oh my God. Um, Awaken the giant within and... Oh uh, yeah. And the Another other one. one. Which I... <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't like poor dad, tell it switch. How to win friends and influence people. That's uh, the other one. That's Public influence. Um, Is that it or am I wrong? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of talking about basically the same thing that you cover in your verse where this idea of like using something to expand your mind, learn about yourself, learn about other people mm. and you wish you could share that with them. You wish you could take it out of your brain and give it to, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Take it. And they just won't see it. They won't accept it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. And I feel like that's a very fitting verse. And because like the way that this one came about as well was once again, I wrote the, wrote my lyrics Mm -hmm. and then presented those to you Mm -hmm. and you went and wrote yours and then we came back and recorded them. Um, And I think, yes, through doing that, I feel like this one is one of the ones where the the themes of our two sections fit together like yeah. the closest. Yeah, yeah. It's it's re- I I am quite stoked with it to yeah. be honest. Because um, when I go into like my lyrics, I'm talking about drugs <laughs> and and using uh well specific drugs psychedelics and and using them as tools to try and uh, you know open my mind and uh like and change the way that I think about things and the and the fact that I'm not like the fact that I have my own perspective and understand that I have my own perspective but through that have started noticing how many people around me don't understand mm-hmm. that about other people mm-hmm. and wanting to be like, hey guys, you do realize that everybody has their own perspectives in life and uh, like do, uh, doing shit mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, where am I going with this? There's that. And then I have a great line about uh, smoking a bong and then getting really high <laughs> And being a bird and in the sky down, and yeah. looking down at the sheep on the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds, it makes me sound like an absolute drugger, which. Well, because you imply you did some psychedelics and then you smoke so much weed that you, you become well, a bird. <laughs> I feel like it just, I don't know, it makes me sound a little, a little egotistical about it, which isn't necessarily the intention here. I'm mm. not trying to be like, I'm better than people because I do drugs Mm. (laughs) because you know what honestly I'm not 
and doing drugs probably isn't like a, a, a reason that makes you better than people. It's the intention behind the use of the drugs. Sure. You know, yeah. and you don't need to use drugs. That's why I refer to them as tools. Uh, like at the beginning, it's like, uh, uh, everybody has their own like medium of being able to achieve like open-mindedness and understanding of other people. Mm. Um, for me, it might be smoking weed and doing psychedelics, but for you, it might be reading books and, and learning about things than mm. like studying. Yeah. Like everybody has a medium for it. Yeah. Um, but not everybody has figured out their medium yet. Yeah, ex- and that's yeah. what I think the overarching theme mm-hmm. of the song is. Yeah, that, I think yeah, that's why it fits together so nicely because we yeah, we have the same message through our verses. It's just presenting like two different vehicles. Yeah. Like to get there. And you know, there's obviously there's alternate like alternative ones to exactly. the ones that we present. But we can only talk from our experience yeah. and and what we do to to try and I guess better ourselves yeah. as people. Um, and so, yeah, and we wanted to share that love with people. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I imagine, you know, if you, if you like, if you were to talk to like other, other people who are happy in their fields, like, like high achievers or whatever in their fields, I imagine, well, I would hope because otherwise we're completely wrong about shit. But I would hope they would have that same kind of mindset just about whatever they've decided they're like, what they've chosen as their like path to mastery. Like I, I think if you talk to like a, like a happy high-level athlete, they'd probably be like, you know, it's amazing how many answers you can find in pushing yourself to your physical maximum yeah. and you know pushing past your bodybuilding breaking point or whatever and have that same kind of like opinion that you present about like using drugs tactically or me like studying and reading yeah, yeah. it's like it's having a breakthrough yeah and and whatever sense of a breakthrough like you you can have yeah. you know having a moment like that i feel like is almost essential to understanding and being curious about uh more about yourself yeah you know because that's the that's like the main goal i think is like to be curious about yourself Mm. and like finding the way to to be able to do that people do it through meditation Mm -hmm. the the athlete one is actually that's a good one because people talk about like the rush of endorphins and like that moment where you you can you've you've kind of like broken past this mental barrier that you've yeah. gotten you're able to just keep running forever yeah. kind of thing and it's like you can run and not stop because it's when you stop that the pain sets in and you're you start thinking about it again yeah. and then because you're thinking about it again it's like hard to break past that mental barrier because yeah. it's re-put back into place yeah it's like similar thing happens with um with psychedelics it's like Mm. um there's all sorts of mental barriers that come up when you're doing psychedelics and you're breaking through certain things and certain areas in that uh during the experience and then you you come out of it and you're like oh wow i've learned some stuff Mm. about myself because of how i reacted to the situation Mm. i feel like just to use that example again i feel like as well say like a high level athlete who's older like you know past their career would have a lot to say about like ego death and stuff as well because you know when you're top of the world and then you 
break a leg or you just get too old for the game mm. and you something you've dedicated your whole life to is taken away, you know. Yeah. That's, it's shattering. That's kinda, it, you know? it is. That's and your they, whole, they have to deal with it. Your reality so. shatters yeah. in that kind of in that kind of situation. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it, I feel like it, it makes sense for us to be talking about what we're talking about in yeah. our lyrics in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts? How how's the production on this one? Uh, production wise, I went in on the guitars for this one, mm-hmm. um, and I. Start uh, for this one. I was experimenting again with like doing chord progression stuff. I yeah. was actually quite happy because I uh, decided to be bothered creating a second chord progression for the chorus. Mm-hmm. So the second chord progression, when it moves into it, I like tried to write it so that it flowed nicely and uh, and so forth. And I feel like it kind of tied the whole thing together, but. Uh, as I was saying just before we started, uh, I was like skeptical on the song before I mastered and, and we released it mm. because when I added the chorus and the whole mix on the chorus was just fucked. It oh, was really? so awful. Like, dude, I re- think I played it to you uh, when I first like switched it all up. Oh, and yeah. And you're like, this sounds kind of weird, man. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And I couldn't figure out what it was for ages. And then I figured out that uh, just one of the clips wasn't warped to the groove setting that I wanted it on. I hate it it when the clips aren't warped to to the groove setting. That (laughs) shit really grinds my gears, I'll tell you that. Well, uh, I changed that and it it fixed it all up. It was all the bass notes. And so basically what was happening was the bass note would like start just before the kick would in certain parts and it just didn't quite sound right. So I fixed that, messed around with some EQing, um, re-recorded the vocals a few times because I was not super stoked with them and I'm yeah. still not like super duper stoked with how my vocals actually sound yeah. and this one this one I was trying to like rap in a lower register and like sing in a lower mm. register than usual mm-hmm. which it's like comfortable talking voice but because I haven't like sung or rapped mm. in it I was a little bit like wavery yeah because you normally default into going into that like nasally that's where a lot of that like Canadian accent comes out as well. Cause yeah, because I'm defaulting like up, yeah. defaulting up into my Canadian nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, but no, overall pretty happy with how it came together production-wise. Yeah. Um, you're singing, like having you sing on there, I was like, hell yeah. It was weird. We're, you know, we're, pu- we're pushing it. We're pushing myself. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, that's the goal. Every week we're pushing our limits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fire. Easy. Okay. Wow. Any any last any last notes? I think that the last note is this was the pitch brought to you by the pitch pitch crew, flute and Lucas Devotion. Yo. Thank you all for watching this week's episode and we will catch you next week. Once again, just like we did for the last oh, every week this uh, year. <laughs> and every other week <laughs> this year, we will catch you again. Oh, man. See you next Saturday. (laughs) Sunday. Next Sunday. It's fine.